0: Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info.
1: You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas.
0: And on this week's episode, we're talking about investing. We are joined again by Danny Kofke, author of The Wealthy Teacher. Everybody give hands. Hey, thanks so much for having me back uh, on. Of course, we're happy to have you. And so part of having Danny on is
2: because he emailed me saying, you're thinking about Investing. Investing can be really, really difficult subject to tackle when you hear about fees and and different types of things. Can you trust your advisor? So Which yes. is a big one. Is it Bernie Madoff? I don't <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> no, none of us could afford to be with Bernie Madoff. Exactly. None <laughs> of us have the money to lose it all
0: to Bernie Madoff with investing. We're not talking about a little bit of money. We're not talking about your savings account with a thousand dollars in it investing is how you unlock millions and millions of dollars that's the goal (laughs) if we look at all these millionaires and billionaires in the united states they got that way by investing that money and having their investments double 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 over and over again over their lives how do we get to that
1: point what you've got to start doing is contributing it is very difficult to make consistent long-term contributions if you do not have control over cash flow and spending. I'm really big on transferable habits Uh because a lot of people don't see, oh, well, all I'm doing is saving and I'm not doing these
2: other things, but you don't realize oftentimes that you already have the habits. I think it does come back to the simple habits of, I have to set money aside. I'm going to pay myself first instead of pay myself at the end of the month because Absolutely. after all the bills because are paid, nothing, there's you know? nothing left over, right? <laughs> so you imagine if the government did that way. Okay, every April, you're going to owe this much in taxes. If they didn't take it out any month every month, we would be in trouble, right? So Absolutely. that's what we have to do when we're saving money and investing. We have to pay ourselves first to ensure that we're going to actually do it. I think when people think about investing, they think of the
0: get rich quick, if I could just... find that one investment that would then be the way I'd be an instant millionaire and I think that's why you get uh, bitcoin was so popular yes. why people bought out those beanie babies 20 years ago <laughs> they're looking for the get- i still have beanie babies you do i'm waiting well, for them to come back yeah. they're
2: coming back you, they might i'm they investing might for the long haul right they're yeah. coming back.
0: the most important thing when you're investing in beanie babies <laughs> is to put them in ziploc bags <laughs> so the moths don't ours eat are them. It's perfect in well bag. Nice. then you're okay for you it wasn't a mistake <laughs> but when we think about this get rich quick stuff it betrays what actually goes on with our investments. Yes. If you take somebody who invests every single year for 10 years and they get these normal investment returns, then we can look at their portfolio in 10 years and we can look at how much of that portfolio comes from the money that they put in their own contributions and how much is in the gains. That's 6 to 8% that Danny mentioned before. Turns out for the typical person, 85% of their portfolio is what they put in.
1: Absolutely. So when we're right. thinking about
0: investing, it's not so much, oh, did you get this investment or that investment? It's did you contribute? Are you putting the money in every
1: month? Absolutely. The biggest risk in this process is behavioral yes. risk beyond yes. anything else. Yes. Because if 85% over that 10-year period is what you put in and you haven't developed the habits, that 85% of what? <laughs> It's right. a very important thing to consider right now, yes. right? Zero every month been, is still zero. You know what I mean? Yes.
2: But so, we've all read the stories of lottery winners, NBA players, that they get this money very quickly, and then within five years they're bankrupt, they're broke, they don't have anything it's because it's the habit. So when you're growing up and you're systematically saving every single month for something. Then over time, you have those habits built in. And then when you do have this windfall, when you retire, you have a lot of money. You're not going to blow it all because you're so used to living on that spending plan. And it's just it becomes part of who you are, part of your being. I don't know if you all remember the NBA lockout when that happened. Players
1: were actually borrowing money from the more established players to get through the lockout because there was no way that they can go into the collective bargaining agreement Uh to have the leverage that they needed unless the players who had the multi-multi-million contracts helped keep the other players who were basically blowing all their money stay afloat to not acquiesce to the needs of ownership at that time. And it's crazy to think that that happens. But to be fair,
0: to be fair, $400,000 a month only gets you so far. (laughs) True. Well, it depends on your lifestyle, though. That's true. It does. Uh, (laughs) That was tongue-in-cheek. That was sarcasm. You You can't read that. Another very big piece of this is time. And it doesn't necessarily even need to be that long if you're thinking of saving up or investing for something like maybe a house down payment. But it is time. It's contributing over time. And one of the things I think a lot of people struggle with is seeing how important investing is because human beings, as a general rule, are linear thinkers. And what I mean by that is if we go from 2 plus 2 is 4, plus 2 is 6, plus 2 is 8. That linear growth, we're okay with that. That makes sense a little bit over time. What we really struggle with is compound growth, and that's what goes on with investing. Not only are we contributing more, 2 plus 2 plus 2, but our money that's in there is itself growing, so it's exponential. We double this money. So two becomes four, becomes eight, becomes 16, 32, 64, 128, and so on. Look at that
1: math. Mm, yeah. Man. That, was, that was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, Michael. He did that on the fly, y'all. Thank you. <laughs>
2: no so script. It,
0: we're so bad <laughs> at doing that sort of stuff. It, it's really difficult for us
1: to, in our heads, do that uh, compounding. You know, not only are we not necessarily understanding the benefits or even having the patience for compound interest, but we are being inundated with marketing advertisements. And it's actually become the today is annual donut day. (laughs) Today is annual get a slice of pizza day. There's
2: all these gimmicks yes. to get us to, to buy, yeah. and we feed into it. We are so drawn yes. to the here and now. When I was growing up, if I wanted to watch my favorite TV show, I had to make sure I was in front of the TV at that time that day of the week. If I wanted to listen to my favorite song on the radio, I may have to sit for two hours and listen to it. Absolutely. Nowadays, we just pull it up right now. So for a lot of us, it's hard to think about the future when we pretty much have almost anything we want at our fingertips. Yes. There, there's no way. That the children of today can
1: sit through Mr. Rogers like I had to sit through Mr. Rogers. <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's no right. possible way right. that it could happen. I know. It just it, it would
0: not keep their attention. Right. So if at the, the at attention all. span can't <laughs> handle a 22 minute show, uh-huh. yet, we're not talking about 22 minutes. We're talking 22 years. I want to run a quick example by you guys. And this is a really famous example that we do whenever we teach compound growth. Imagine that we've got two people here. And one of these people starts saving at age 18 Mm -hmm. and they save a thousand bucks a year and they do that till age 28. And then they stop and they never save ever again the rest of their life. And then you've got somebody else who starts saving at age 28 and they save till they're age 68. And they're still saving that same thousand dollars every year. One person has put in $10,000, the other person has put in $40,000. But one person, that 18-year-old saver, is benefiting more from compound growth because there's more time when their investments have grown. And if you go through their lives with normal investment returns, who ends up with more money by the time they both retire at age 68? It's the one who started saving at age 18. Absolutely. The one who only put in $10,000 ends up with more money because their money
2: kept doubling and doubling and doubling mm-hmm. over and over again much sooner. Slow growth over time. I mean, the tortoise always wins the race, no matter – however that's well, actually, I,
1: I hate that story because I believe that the hare – there's no reason why the hare should have lost that race. I agree. But, I agree, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I just – I have to put feelings. money on the hare? I would, <laughs> I'll promise less. you – we say slow and steady wins the race, but fast and focus can win as well. Right? The, the only difference between the hare and the tortoise was the hare wasn't focused slow and you can temper that with some other things but you're not you're not going to invest in bonds over right. so many years and get to what yeah. you want to get right. to michael's right. got That's some
0: hard right. opinions on fairy tales yeah
1: i'm, I'm ASOP all day yeah <laughs> i could i teach financial lessons on ASOP all the time my boys are like dad really I, so i think don't rely on your intuition
0: because we're those linear thinkers, we tend to underestimate just how much money we're talking about. Absolutely. And if you don't have anybody in your family who's going to help you with these things, like Michael's is suggesting, here's a tip. Go online. Find a compound <laughs> growth calculator. Just type that into Google Still, or yeah. whatever. Compound growth calculator and see for yourself. What if you can save that $100 a month? How much is that going to grow over your lifetime? And I think you'll be surprised by just how much it is. We have got to go to a break here, but before we go, I want to ask a couple questions in a quiz, and we'll give you the answers when we get back. Question number one, what profession makes for the best investors? Mm. And question number two, which gender makes the best investors? Those answers and some practical tips on how to actually go about investing when we come back.
2: Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Elwood and Getz Financial Planning and Investments. As fee-only financial planners, they are fiduciaries to their clients. That's E-L-W-O-O-D-G-O-E-T-Z
1: You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA Athens. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And this is Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org.
2: In the far-off year of 2137, Matt and Mike run into each other on Mars, Sector 040717, at the Pro Bono Space Financial Planner of the Year Awards.
1: Matt, is that you? Hey, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I didn't expect to see you on Mars. This is crazy. I know. What's been going on? I've been running a charity for space cats. Oh, the ones with the antennae? Uh, Yeah, I think they're actually bugs. Ashley's been asking for one of those, but that ain't happening. Anyway, how are the boys? Man, they're just living their lives. Uh, Tristan is single, and you know, he says you don't really know a person until you've dated them for a hundred years, at least. Yeah. What about Sebastian? Yeah, Sebastian, he's doing some deep space exploration to Alpha Centauri. Uh, we hear from him every space cycle. Uh, but enough about me. Is that the new ZSQ Model 18 bionic leg? Oh, yeah. It's got all the features. Check this out. It's got a cup holder. Yeah.
2: Oh, Nice!
0: Oh, yeah. I plan to get the other leg done in a couple lunar months. Oh, that's
1: insane. I've always wanted one of those. Yeah, being retired for 80-plus years has been awesome. Love it, and you look great, man. Oh, thanks. Just to think, we had no idea what the future would hold, but I'm glad we made those early investments. Yeah, man, there was no way of knowing that someone would create the technology that would allow us to live for hundreds of years. I'm glad we invested, too. All that saving we did when we first met has really paid off investing
0: in those index funds for years and years, and well, here we are. Here we are. And if we can do it, listeners, so can you. Listeners? Oh, what? Sorry, I I get a little confused there for a second. I am, after all, 152 years old. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. And we are here again with Danny Kofke, the author of The Wealthy Teacher. On the first half of the episode, we were talking about investing and how important those contributions over time are. Absolutely. And we ended the first half with a quiz. Who makes for the better investors? What profession and which gender? We've kind of teased the answer a little bit. Danny, who makes for the best investors? What profession? I would say teachers.
1: Really? I was thinking like librarians. Teachers. What? You hack. Really? It's right, the right answer. Is. It's like yes. people just love to read. You get free books and that's your your primary source of entertainment. You're not spending money on anything. True. And you like read just, about investing all exactly, day. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It just, I just yeah. felt like, yeah. hey, there was yeah. a yeah. correlation uh, there. Uh,
0: so teachers oh, are, are the best investors. Uh, no surprise there
2: since we're uh, having a guy who wrote the wealthy <laughs> teacher on the show. That's right.
0: So, uh, Danny, why are teachers the best investors?
2: I think a lot of times with teachers, and to probably get to the second question, I would Probably guess the gender would be female. You're right. Yes, ding, ding, and ding, I think it's ding, not ding, men. Ding, ding, ding. No. no. What? Nope. Because <laughs> I think a lot of teachers, uh, you know, are female. It's usually the, the majority, and uh, most females are not going to be in, investing and changing it every single month, which Absolutely. men kind of tend to do. We Absolutely. try to like to go for the next best thing.
1: You know, I was thinking too that you know men are less likely to uh, take advice from other people, especially especially if yes. you're doing it wrong. But if we were talking to a woman who'd be more sensible, because men typically are more overconfident. Yep. Women are just better people. And uh, again, as we've been hinting at, the reasons
0: that teachers and women tend to make better investors is that they are more patient and they don't take unnecessary risks. We want to also talk about a very key part of investing, and that is the role of risk. Risk is kind of like the Goldilocks story. You don't want too much. You don't want the bed that's too big. You also don't want the bed that's too small. You also mm-hmm. don't want to go into too little risk. If you just stash your money in a savings account for your entire life, yeah, you're also not looking too good either. Nope. The trick is to be right in the middle.
2: Right. I mean, you can't just bury it because then inflation's going <laughs> to eat you up, right? I mean, you'll have the money, but what's the dollar going to be worth? 30 years from Uh, now. Who knows? I mean,
1: a can of Coke was what, maybe 10 or 15 cent. mm
2: -hmm.
0: All right. So you might be saying to yourself, this all sounds great. I just have to save or contribute something to an investment account, but I don't have any money. And to help inspire you a little bit, we want to tell the story of a woman named Osceola McCarty, who is famous for being one of the most generous philanthropists in American history. Oh, what makes her especially notable is that she washed clothes for a living yep. by hand. Yep. She was not a wealthy woman. She never made very much money at all. In her highest earning years, she was what you would call working class. But she did something that was pretty incredible. When she passed away about 20 years ago, she donated $150,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi, and in today's dollars, that's something like 350000 bucks. So that's no small amount of money. It's a big deal. In her own words... I worked all the time, mm-hmm. night and day. I just worked and saved my money and put it in the bank every month. I put so much in the bank. And when
1: I turned my business over to Mr. Loft, I didn't owe nobody nothing. I didn't owe nobody. I love it. This is the beautiful thing about this story. This is unheard of, honestly, for an African-American woman in 1908, giving the state of the country, woman's suffrage hadn't even come about yet, for her to do what she did is absolutely amazing. And if she could do this on the little bit that she have, that gives all of us hope.
0: I appreciate so much of what she did. I think she is a role model for everybody. And then that financial advisor CFP thing in the back of my brain
1: is really disappointed because of the what ifs. Now Matt, what if she would've had you? How would you coach her along and what would be the
0: benefits of that coaching? So the money literally went into a savings account. She wasn't taking any risk at all. No risk, which means very low return. And when you're investing over your entire lifetime, you don't need no risk in a savings account you can be investing in things like stocks, some index funds, as we'll talk about more in a minute here. And if she had put her money into kind of just a a typical conservative balanced portfolio that any financial advisor could set her up with, she wouldn't have donated $150,000. She would have donated about $600,000. Which is big. Four times as much big. And if she had put everything into a riskier, Index funds, say like the S&P 500, she would have not donated $150,000, but $1.2 million. Mm, Absolutely. Almost 10 times as much money. Take from her story the good parts. She was happy with what she had. She was content. She worked a lot and she saved a lot. Awesome. And then let's also look at this cautionary tale of maybe actually should be investing in things like these
2: index funds. The hardest part is just to find that balance. And that's where many people struggle because it does seem a difficult thing to find. But that's where, you know, you just go back. It doesn't, we we don't have to make it so elaborate. You set <laughs> up not. some, you want a <laughs> savings account. You have to have margin in place because things are going to happen today, tomorrow, next week. But then once we establish that, that's when we can take those risks and we can put a set aside amount every single month, do it systematically, just like she did over the course of your lifetime, and you won't regret it. I've never heard one someone say, <laughs> gosh, I wish I hadn't saved this much money. If
0: someone is listening to this thinking, am I ready to invest? What are the things that we should keep in mind? And I think we've already touched on some of these. Do you have your budget balanced? Have you paid off your high interest debts? Do you have emergency savings? Do you have the right insurance policies in place? Mm-hmm. Have you done estate planning? Great. It's time to invest. Now, how do you actually begin that process? <laughs> and I think this immediately is where people get tripped up. So yep. what I'd, I'd like to do first is I set up an analogy here. You've got your bank, you work with a bank. Inside of that bank, you might have a checking account. That's an account in the bank. You might also have a savings account. That's a different kind of account inside the bank. And then inside those accounts, you have cash. Here's the analogy. To invest, you need to find a broker. A broker is like a bank. So rather than working with a big bank, you might work with a broker. And then inside of your broker, you've got different accounts you can have just a general investing account some brokers is where you might have your 401k you might have something like a roth set setup there's different kinds of accounts that live inside these brokers and then inside of those accounts rather than cash you usually have some kind of investment
1: you know when i think about brokers i think about the middle person who helps you to complete a transaction and that can be someone like Charles Suave, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade. One of the reasons why people struggle with this, too, is the fact that they're thinking about cost, right? These brokers actually do this stuff at, at pretty low cost. So as you're thinking about, hey, if I'm navigating this process, is it going to be expensive to me? Well, it's really not as expensive as many people think that it is. It is easier to invest than
0: it has Ever been. It is so easy. And yep. starting with one of these big companies, again, it's the ones that we like Vanguard, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, pick one. They're all basically the same thing.
1: Yeah. The, um, and what's in the portfolios are basically the same oh, yeah. when well, you actually look at
0: them, right? The accounts you can open are the same across those companies, the investments that you can get are the same across those companies. So find the one that you're comfortable with. You can open it up in the comfort of your own home. Visit those websites. Again, you can search all of them
2: online. Those are great resources to to go to. But most of us even have access to this through our workplace. Absolutely. Um, and I would say, if, no matter where you work, check with your HR department. And, and people get confused. You know, as a teacher, we have a 403B plan. It's basically a non-profit. So schools, hospitals, if you're in a business, it's a 401k. It's basically the way it's written up in the tax code. So people get so confused by that. But most of us have that. So just check with HR and then there's probably a broker that your company already works with exactly. that you can sit down and talk to. And I will even go further and say, <laughs> if you do work for a business that has a 401k most of them do some sort of match so if you invest you're going to get free money on top of it so it's just that to me you know i think those websites are great to go to but for for almost everyone Start your where work you also offers it too and it can be deducted from your paycheck before you have a chance to see it spend it touch it you don't get used to it and then you know you're investing
1: speaking speaking at a point really quickly hr always brings someone in to help explain the 401k plan or the 403b plan. And in my experiences working in several different environments, Uh very few people ever show up to these types of Uh events where you have someone there who's willing to sit across from the table and talk to you about what your needs are. And let's talk about planning. And a lot of times they got free donuts too. (laughs) I mean, it's a win-win. There's food. That is a, that is a costly mistake because that conversation alone can be the thing that gets you over the hump and actually do the thing that you know is the right thing to do. I
2: mean, that could be a $500,000 huge meeting that you have.
1: Huge. So when you have the 401k opened up or if you
0: go open up an account on your own, the next step is to buy a specific fund. You've got to put some cash in first, then you use that cash to buy something. And when people get started with investing for the first time, I think where our heads start going is i got to pick an individual company. Yep. I've got to buy shares of one company's stock. Yeah, not really. That's not how most investing is done. Not at all. Some people buy those individual stocks and bonds, but most investing is done with index funds. Index funds are big portfolios that themselves go out and buy, in some cases, thousands of individual stocks. They've done the hard work for you. And Probably, if you go through work, your company has defaulted you into some of these index funds
1: already. The beautiful thing about an index fund is that it tracks the market. So you're, you're not playing this game of, I'm trying to beat the market to optimize my return. When we know that if you invest for the long term, you're going to yield anywhere between an 8 and 10% return. So just by tracking the market, you're almost guaranteeing, Almost, because there are no guarantees with investing that you're going to be pretty close to to gaining a return. And I liken it to my three-year-old. If I write a line, a squiggly line on a paper, and I say, "Take your finger and just trace it," that literally is what we're doing with the market. We're just tracing, we're tracking, we're following, and it takes out the guesswork on your end to have to figure out, well, what do I need to do to beat the market? When actually, just following the market mm-hmm. has proven to be a very effective way. To increase your wealth
0: yeah I want to give a specific one of these funds that I have a lot of my money in it's created by Vanguard we mentioned them before Vanguard creates a lot of these funds you can search online if you want to see all this visually which I suggest you do the Vanguard total world stock index fund and that index fund includes over 8,000 individual stocks from all over the world that represent every sector of the economy and the point, as Michael's saying, is just to follow what the overall economy is doing. And like he said, you're going to expect maybe somewhere in around 8% every single year. That's the expectation. That's a lot better than a savings account. <laughs> and what I hear some people say is, well, is that going to get me you know, double, double, double every single year? No, it's not going to do that because the global economy doesn't do that. And then on the flip side, I have people say, well, can I lose all my money? I guess technically you could lose all your money, but if the world economy completely shuts down, your problem isn't how much is in your 401k. Your problem is <laughs> do I have enough ammunition and spam stockpiled in my underground bomb shelter? We're, we're going for the dog food. I've, I've already told yeah. my wife. Yep. Okay. So are index funds the only thing that you can do? No, there's so many options. But if you're just getting started and you're worried a little bit about making the wrong decision, It's really tough to go wrong by getting some of these index funds.
1: Absolutely. And again, as we we talk about, you don't have to navigate this alone. There are a lot of service representatives uh, as well as easy to read information on these types of investments that can help you navigate it and not feel like you're going into this abyss on your own
2: and you know the index funds the hard part with them for a lot of people they're not exciting we talked about that before so you hear all these guys on tv i'll beat the market and this and that and you're doing this but that is when you look at that over time that is how the average person builds their wealth just systematically investing in these types of funds Oh, starting early, doing it every single month, whatever, or whenever you do invest, but doing it over the course of a long period of time.
1: Getting a fund, putting some money into it, that's kind of the easy part. It's a behavioral piece of getting over the stigma that is investing is only for this type of group of people. Investing is not for me. If you're having trouble committing to these goals, be like
0: Osceola, focus on the long term and think about your values. What do you want to get out of your life, and how can investing be part of that? Reach out. Visit our website, nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org, and feel free to ask us a question on the right side of the page. We can give you one-on-one advice over email, or we can meet face-to-face. And each month, we're going to answer one of those questions as a Facebook Live video. If we pick your question, you'll get a Nothing Funny About Money t-shirt. And we are also happy to speak at your next event or group meeting. We've done talks literally coast to coast. So if you
1: run an organization, reach out. Is that it? I think so. All right. So thanks as always to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, and our audio engineer, Garrett Burke. And special thanks this week to Danny Kofke. Yeah! <laughs> Check out Danny Kofke's new book, The Wealthy Teacher. And we promise you, you will not regret the investment that you're making in, in yourself and in reading that book and how it can literally get you over the hump to achieving the life that you hope for.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: Until next time, peace.
0: You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at
1: the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. or need help? Get it. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.